devil, I hate to do you that way, make you skip around, but I'm making up for this morning. I only read one verse this morning. <laughs> uh, I told uh, Brother Jason and, and Tay, they were in the sound room. I always give them my title and the text. She said, only one verse? Yay. <laughs> I said, it might be a long message. So don't, don't applaud yet. It wasn't, though. I, I'm thankful for how the Holy Ghost moved prior to the preaching this morning, and we took our time worshiping God. I, I don't think I preached for about uh, 30 minutes this morning, but I told Kim, I said, I looked at my iPad, and I seen what time it was, and I thought, wow, how was it that late already? She said, you didn't preach long. Just started a little bit later this morning, but... Uh, I won't make no apologies for that, I can tell you. I want God to have his way. I want him to have his way again tonight. Psalm 73. And then we're going to go from there to Isaiah 29. And then from there to Hebrews chapter 10. I do want to make the announcement uh, while you're finding your text. Men, our next men's fellowship will be on February the 2nd. That's the first Friday night of February, and it'll be 7 o'clock here at the church. And uh, hopefully the cold fronts will be gone and that it won't be 17 degrees. <laughs> but we got a heater if it is. And uh, I do want to make mention that uh, February the 4th through the 7th, that is a Sunday through a Wednesday. We'll be in revival. Our first revival of this new year will be in revival with Brother Zane Estes. If you've never heard Brother Zane preach, do yourself a favor. Put it on your calendar. Make sure you plan to attend. He'll bless you with the preaching of the Word of God. I, I've always, always learned something that I that I didn't know previously listening to Brother Zane. He is very well studied and he prays and comes with a burden and I look forward so mark that down on your calendar February the 4th through the 7th that's a Sunday through a Wednesday and uh, we look forward uh, to our first revival of the year that'll be coming up on us before we know it I think the last Sunday night in January as well we we have the uh Harvest Time School of Ministry that will be with us on that uh, Sunday, is that night? Sunday night, at, it's on that Sunday night of the 28th, so we, we look forward to that as well. Psalms, chapter number 73, uh, verses 27 and 28. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. I want you to notice the contrast there, verses 27 and 28. Lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. But in verse 28, but it is good for me to draw near to God. 
Then in Isaiah 29 and 13, wherefore the Lord said, for as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Then our last text is Hebrews 10 and verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I just, I don't really have a title, but our subject tonight is drawing near to God. Drawing near. To, it is good for me to draw near to God. Don't you want to be closer to him? Not just in this upcoming year, but every day. I want to make it my goal to try to be closer to God than I was yesterday. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Tonight, we, Lord, we just seek you through your word. Your word's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. Lord, you said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Speak to our heart and give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. Anoint us to preach. Meet every need in this altar, O oh God. Lord, let us leave this house closer to you than what we came in is our prayer in Jesus' name. If you love the Lord, would you say amen? Amen. amen. The first thing I want us to realize in order to properly understand the phrase uh, drawing nearer to God is that it is a spiritual act. I know if you're like me, I like to visualize everything that I read. And in my mind, when I think about drawing near to God, you think about God being on one side of the room, you being on this side, and you got to close the gap. You got to, you know, take steps to get toward where God is. And in James 4 and 8, draw nigh to God or draw near to God and he will draw near to you. He said, cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double mind. When God draws near unto us, he does so by his spirit. In John 4 and verse 24, God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. When we draw near unto God, we also have to do so in the Spirit, in the Holy Ghost, as Sister Sheila made mention of. We, we, we must also understand that when we speak of being close to God or far from God, we're talking about spirituality or the condition of our heart. When we draw near to God, we're not talking about feet and inches. God's not on this side of the building. So you said, I'm going to go over here on the right side of the building tonight because that's where God's at. That's not how we get near to God. We get near to God when we draw near unto him in our spirit, with our heart. We're not separated from God by feet and inches. We're separated from God only by a sinful condition. So Isaiah spoke of those who would draw nigh unto God with their lips, worship, praise, 
adoration, but whose heart would be far away from it. And then in Isaiah 29 and 13, wherefore the Lord said, for as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips to honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. The prodigal son, before he ever left, he was gone. That sounds weird, don't He was lost in the house. How so? Because his heart was already in the far country. He wanted out. I'm getting out of here. I don't want to live on this farm. I don't want to live by my father's rules. I don't want to do or be what my father wants me to do or to be. And I want what's mine so that I can get out. He was already gone. He was lost in the house. Even though he's in the house physically with the father before he ever left, he had already took his journey spiritually into the far country. And do you know a lot of people are like that today? Before they're ever gone from the house of God, their heart is already far away from God. That's what makes it easy for them to leave. Before they leave, their mind's made up because they got too far away from the Lord. That prodigal would lie on his bed at night and dream about the far country. As far as the physical distance in feet and inches, he was very near. May have, may have even been in the same room with the father, in the same house with the father. But according to Isaiah, his heart was very far away. His father could have called him and asked, Son, where are you? He would have answered, I'm right here, Dad. Can't you see me? I'm right here in the same room with you. All the while, he's dreaming of the day he can be out from under the Father's ruling guide. His heart was far from the Father, but his lips told a different story. He'd see the Dad every day. Dad, I love you. Father tell him what to do, he'd do it. Okay, Dad, I'll do it. Dad, I love you. Love you too, son. But in his heart, I want to get as far away from this place as I can get. I'm sick and tired of being here and being this. So we understand we're not talking about feet and inches. We're talking about a spiritual condition. To be near or far speaks of the condition of our heart. Drawing nigh also speaks of aim and direction as well as proximity. Do you know the word sin in the Greek? It literally means this, to miss the mark. To miss the mark or to err. If you, I like to talk about direction this way. One man's walking up the mountain and he's only a quarter of the way up. And another man's walking down the mountain and he's three quarters of the way down and they meet each other at the same spot. And they're standing in the same spot and the Lord comes back. 
and catches them and catches the church away. And the man that's headed up the mountain, he's taken. And the man that's headed down the mountain, he's left behind. And when they both stand before the Lord, he said, Lord, I don't get it. You took him, and I was at the same place spiritually that he was. And the Lord said, yeah, but you were going the wrong way. Direction matters with God. One man's drawing near to God. The other man's drifting away from God. You understand the, which direction you're going. That matters in your spirituality. You're not as close to God now as you once were in the past. I want to tell you, you're going the wrong way. If you're still in the house of God and you're going the wrong way, make a U-turn. Come back. Draw near. Draw nigh. We give altar services every service so that we can draw near to God. Amen. So aim and direction Work in direct correlation with desire. Desire speaks of one's hunger or thirst. In Matthew 5 and 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And the Greek word for hunger there means to famish, literally to crave, to feel like you're starving. You ever crave something? You ever been hungry? Oh, man. I'm telling you right now, when lunch break get, gets here, I know what I want. And ain't nothing going to stop me from getting it. I mean, you're hungry. Or as in South Alabama, we say, hungry. I mean, hungry. That's what Brother David Talbert says. Hungry. Blessed are they that do hunger. And thirst, those that are famished, those that desire, those that crave, those are the ones that God said would be filled. So your aim, your direction that you're going is based on what do you desire? I'll tell you why the prodigal, his aim was the far country because that's what he desired. But as soon as he said within himself, I will arise and I will go back to my father's house and I will say I've sinned against heaven and in your sight I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me a hired servant. I just want to be with you. I just want to be near you. I realize what I've lost. I may not be able to uh, ever get it back. But I want to be as close to you as I can possibly be. Whew, hallelujah. I'm glad the Lord didn't tell him, well, I'll let you come back, but you're going to stay out there in the slave quarters. I can tell you that right now. You're going to sleep in the barn for a while and learn your lesson. He said, get those filthy rags off of him. Get him cleaned up in a new change of garments. Put shoes on his feet. Put a ring on his finger. My son was dead. He's alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. He said, draw near to me. I'll draw near to you. 
you can come on back. I'll let you get in, you know, close proximity, but I, I'm going to keep you at arm's length. He said, no, as soon as your aim or your direction and your desire is for me, I'll come running to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As soon as your desire and aim and direction, your craving, your hunger is for me, I'll come running to you. I'll fill you up. Amen. I'll satisfy the longing, the need in your heart and in your soul. Spirit-filled worship. The word, he said, uh, they shall be, those, those that hunger and thirst shall be filled. And the word filled there means to, to gorge. Y'all know what it is to gorge? That means you about to bust. We gorged ourselves. God, when it comes to the spiritual, now when it comes to the things of this, when it comes to pasta or whatever else, whatever you like to gorge yourself on in this world, the Lord said that probably ain't going to end well for you. But when it comes to spirituality, God wants you to be filled. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst, they that desire and crave me. He said, for I will allow them to gorge themselves in the spirit. Hallelujah. He'll fill you up to where you about to bust. To burst with his goodness. To burst with his joy. To burst with his peace. How do your belly shall flow rivers of living water? Amen. Spirit-filled worship, spirit-filled and anointed preaching should make us hungry for God. Amen. Woo, somebody said, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I used to always say that. Oh, Brother Joe Chambers said, yeah, you can, Brother Eddie. Take him by the salt block. Give him some salt chips. You'll have him so thirsty, he'll run to the water. He said, God spoke that to my heart years ago. You need to be a salty saint. Amen. Your prayer needs to be seasoned with salt. Your word seasoned with salt. Your worship, your preaching, be salty. You're the salt of the earth. He said, you'll make somebody thirst for God if you'll stay salty. I like that. Spirit-filled, worship and spirit-filled, anointed preaching should make people hungry for God. As the Spirit makes you hunger and thirst for God, only then will we truly have a desire. I want to I draw close to God. Yeah. I want the Lord to work in my, in my heart and in my life. In John 6 and 44, no man can come to me except the, the Spirit or except the Father which hath sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day. What an if. Ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit 
and their life. Then in John 6 and 33, for, for the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh unto me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that, that ye also have seen me and believe not all that the Father giveth me shall come to me and to him and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. And he said, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst, for they shall be filled. And then he tells us, I'm the bread of life, and he that comes to me shall never hunger. He said, I'll keep you full. I'll allow you to gorge yourself in the word of God and in my spirit, and you'll never hunger. He that believes on me will never thirst. The great thing about these promises of drawing near to God, if we don't like where we are tonight, I've said this numerous times through the years, if you don't like where you are in your walk or in your relationship with God, you can do something about it. We can change it tonight. We can be as close to God as we want to be. No matter how long it's been, no matter how famished, how hungry, how thirsty you might be tonight, you can draw near unto God. Amen. I want you to look back with me at our original text. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. Think about that. They that are far from the Lord shall perish. And I got to thinking about in the scripture that Peter fought when he followed the Lord afar off. He got in deep trouble, didn't he? The Bible said Peter followed the Lord afar off. They that are far from thee shall perish. And that Following from afar, he warmed himself by the wrong fire. And when he's warming himself by the wrong fire, somebody said, hey, aren't you one of his disciples? He said, nope. You sure? You sure act like one of them disciples? I'm not. Oh, yeah. You're one of his, you got... That old hoarse, raspy, Pentecostal voice. Like somebody that preaches and shouts all the time. I'm sure, I'm sure you're, you belong to him. And the Bible said he cursed. And said, I'm telling you, I don't know the man. Somebody said he lied. He was telling more truth than what you thought. He's further away from the Lord than what he knew. Or what he would admit. He was closer to perish. Than he had ever been. You think about. Really? How close? Judas. He turned. And he perished. Here's the difference. The Bible said that. As soon as the cock crew. On the next morning. Jesus remembered. The word of the Lord, he said, before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. 
Peter remembered the word of the Lord. The Bible said he was smitten in his heart and he went out and wept bitterly. What was happening was he didn't like where he was. He didn't like where this far off relationship had ended up. He found himself in the same shape that the prodigal was in. And he said, I don't know how I got like this, but I ain't going to stay like this. And Jesus, when he rose from the grave, said, go and tell my disciples and Peter that I go before them into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Sometime during that weeping and crying, the Lord heard him. And Lord, he drew nigh unto God through prayer, through bitter repentance. And the Lord, as soon as he rose from the grave, made sure that he was going to go that he was going to draw nigh unto Peter. I want you to remember that. They that are far from thee shall perish. Nobody ever backslid on accident. Nobody ever drifted away from God without losing their hunger, losing their desire, losing their thirst, losing their direction. They're going the wrong way. And if they continue to go that way, they will perish. But the psalmist in the very next verse says, but it is good for me to draw near to God. That's what we've been preaching about. It's good for me to draw near to God. I'm going to cultivate my own hunger. I'm going to cultivate my own thirst. How do I do that? Prayer. Pray until you pray through. It's got to be done every day. If you don't, you won't be hungry. You won't be thirsty. Because you're going to gorge yourself on something. You're going to gobble something up every day. And if it's not the Lord, it's going to be this world. And if you're Full on the world, you're going to be famished in the spirit. Amen. How did I get so far away from God one day running to the next? And one week running to the next. And one month running to the next. And maybe one year ran into the next until you wake up and you're so far in your aim and your direction and in proximity, you're so far from where you used to be. It may be that your marriage is in trouble now because of it. It may be that the relationship with not only God but with family isn't where it needs to be. What in the world can I do to change it? He told the Ephesian church, repent and do your first works over again. He said, because you don't love me like you used to. You left your first love. I want you to notice, they didn't lose their first love. They left their first love. That's a big difference. You don't lose this, you leave this. You leave what you know to be right. 
You leave what you know to be true. You leave the altar. You leave the word of God. And your soul will get cold. You may do well physically. You may do well financially. But your spirit will starve to death. And if you starve, you will perish. They that are far from thee shall perish. You can be struggling financially. You can be struggling physically. But can be well on the inside. Yes, sir. Well on the inside. Though the outward man perishes, yet is the inward man renewed day by day. How? Through prayer and the word of God. The spirit of God nourishes that inner man. It is good for me to draw near unto God. Amen. Then in Hebrews 10 and 22, let us draw near. How? With a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with pure water, washed by the water of the word of God. Our hearts sprinkled. That sprinkling is a type of the blood that was sprinkled upon the altar with his, our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. There's something about getting in the presence of the Lamb of God where our hearts are sprinkled from all that is unclean. Do you know your Bible is the Holy Bible? And when you read it, it washes you. Amen. When you hear it, it washes over you. Somebody described it to me like this. We're washed with water by the word of God. It's like you put those old dirty potatoes in a a colander, in a sieve, whatever you call it. You put them in there and you run the water over it. And all the water, when it runs over it, it just goes right through the sieve, right down into the drain, and it's gone. But something happens to those potatoes when all that water's running up, all the dirt, all the filth, all the grime is washed off, and it goes down the drain. <laughs> Somebody said, well, all the water was lost. It did its job. There ain't no way you're going to, some of you have been, been with us the whole 21 years of Bible ways existed. There ain't no way you're going to retain 21 years worth of preaching. Some of you have been saved. I've been saved 30 years. Brother Homer testified 40 years. There ain't no way you're going to retain every memory verse you ever read or studied or every truth that God showed you, not until he brings it to your remembrance. That's why you got to read it again and again and again, stay rehearsed in it. That's why I keep coming back. I listen to preaching all the time, online or on YouTube or on old CDs. I want to hear the word of God preached. I want to read this Have you read the Bible through and through? Yes, but I need to read it through and through again and again until the Lord comes back. Why? It needs to be rehearsed in my spirit. What's happening? I'm being washed with water by the word. And every time it happens, uh, it's like 
I'm being sprinkled from an evil conscience. The word convinces me, the word convicts me, and the word conforms me. Thank you, Lord. You, you, you may only hear or retain one thing from this service, but what you don't realize is setting under the preaching of the word of God, setting under sound doctrine, setting under that Sunday school lesson, reading that Bible, reading whatever chapter, reading or rehearsing whatever memory verses, uh, your heart is being sprinkled from an evil conscience uh, and the water of his word washes over your soul, washes over your person, washes and, and, and floods and cleanses and renews your mind like the water going over those potatoes through that colander and down the drain. Oh. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, all of that preaching, they can't retain, you know, the Scientists say a person can't retain but maybe 10 or 15, 20 minutes tops uh, of what they hear within an hour span. So all the rest you're just wasting, I beg to differ. No more than the water that went down the drain was wasted. Uh, it was meant to cleanse. Uh, it was meant to purge. Uh, it was meant to purify. It did its work. It did its work. It did what God wanted it to do. He said, my word can't return void. It will do what I sent it to accomplish. It'll make you thirsty for God. It'll make you hungry for God. If there's sin in your heart, it'll convince you, convict you, and conform you to the image of Christ. If you're going the wrong direction, it'll put a hook in you and turn you around and set your feet on the right path. Hallelujah. Paul's last exhortation to Timothy, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Yeah. Amen. Why? What's the point? You, without it, men will never hunger for Jesus. Without it, men will never thirst for God. Without it, the church will lose its way and will end up in the ditch. Name, direction is in direct correlation with our proximity. If we will hunger and thirst, we will cultivate a hunger Cultivate a thirst. What are you doing? I'm drawing near to God. Because if I get too far away from him, I'm sure to perish. But it's good for me. It's good for me to draw near to God. My last example I want to leave, I gave the example of they that are far from thee shall perish. I gave Peter's example following afar, but it's good for me to draw near to God. Just like the prodigal, when he returned home, put a robe on him, put a ring on his finger, put shoes on his feet, kill the fatty calf, and gorge that boy. He's starving to death. He was about to eat hog slop. He would fain have filled his belly 
with the husk that the swine did eat. Do you know that belly in the King James Bible is a type of your spirit? Out of your belly, out of your innermost being, out of your spirit will flow rivers of living water. Out of your belly. He would fain to fill his belly. That was just, that world had just about gotten into his spirit. That world had just about taken him over, but before it did, he said, I'm getting out of here. I'm going home. I'm not going to dilly-dally around. I'm not just going to follow from afar off anymore. I'm not going to see how close I can be to the world, but still be in with God. I'm going all the way with Jesus. I'm going all the way with Jesus. I'm going to get as close to God as I can possibly get. Hopefully closer than I've ever been before. And no wonder, he said, kill the fatted calf. Put a steak on the grill. My boy ain't eating no hog slop. He's going to gorge himself with the best of the best. Hallelujah. That sounds good to me. You get to talking very much about a ribeye. You get to talking to me about back straps, tenderloin. Oh, yes, sir. I'm a meat eater. You talking my language. And the more you talk about it, the hungrier I'm going to get. He said, that's the way it is with God. That's the way it is with God. Talk about the good things of God. Woo, salvation. Talk about the good things of God. Healing. The Holy Ghost. The, 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 the promise of his soon return. Heaven. Talk about the good things of God. Make somebody hungry for what their soul really needs. I love to talk with people about the Lord. You're going to do one of two things. You're around somebody that's hurting. You're around somebody that's hit rock bottom. Somebody that's desperate. And it's like hold a man in a desert and you're holding a glass of ice water. And you see he's thirsty. You say, man, I got something for you. This is what you need and the whole time. You're talking with him about that glass, Brother Terry, sweating. That water's running down the side of that glass. That ice cube might just fall over in the glass a little bit. And the more you let him look at it and the more you talk about it, he's, he's licking his lips. He's waiting for you to say, wouldn't you like a drink of this? Man, I just thought you'd never ask. Here's the thing. I wonder why people don't hunger and thirst for God. Because we ain't saying enough. We ain't saying enough. Let the redeemed of the Lord say something. Say something. <laughs> Tell somebody what he's done for you. Tell somebody where he's brought you from. And tell somebody where you're going. I'm on my way to the city whose builder and maker is the Lord. I don't watch Fox News because they're talking about their world. 
I don't need them to know that I ain't voting for no devil. Yeah, right. There ain't nothing I can do about what them devils is doing except vote. And maybe it's so rigged and corrupted that my vote won't count. I'll do what I can do. But I can tell you this world ain't my home. Because yeah. my king wasn't voted in and he ain't going to be voted out. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. The kingdom of God Sister Megan said, it's still a wise investment. Uh, it don't matter what the percentage rates are, what the, what the uh, inflation rates are. It's still the wisest investment you make. Uh, you can't lose That's right. with him. Amen. Talk about that. We're in election season. Talk about your king. Yeah. Right. Amen. Talk about his kingdom. Talk about how good his economy is. Talk about the mansion you have waiting on you. Talk about where you're headed. Make somebody thirsty. Talk to your children about the good things of God. Hallelujah. Older I get, I'm a pawpaw now. And for Lord Terry's, and I get a little older, I'll be a great grandpa one day. I ain't rushing that day. Our oldest grandkids are only eight, so I certainly ain't rushing that day. And I remember joking with Brother Vic Wilson. When Samantha was born, his oldest grandchild, I, I always cut up with him. I said, Whew. I was young. Grandpa, you're an old man. <laughs> and then Samantha had her First born a little boy. I said, my God, you're a great grandpa now. You was old, but you real old. <laughs> I think I made him start dyeing his hair a little bit. But the older I get, my kids will call me and stuff in this world is happening aggravates you, it disappoints you, it hurts you. Sometimes it makes you mad. Sometimes it makes you want to tell somebody off. Sometimes you even feel tempted to just beep. And I just, I just remind them who we are and where we're going. I tell them, baby, it don't really matter. Amen. I was, me and Brother Glenn's talking in my office this morning. He was talking with me about some things that's troubling. I said, listen, we close, to, we close to going home. And some of the people we were talking about, I said, they closer to going home you are. Concentrate on that. Cherish that. Pray about that. Don't let the devil make you lose track or make you aim or your direction. Get off course. Go into the city. Go into the city. Lay it up up there where thieves can't take it from you. Moths can't corrupt it. Rust can't canker it. Oh, no, it won't be lost.
I'm headed up there. I'm a rich man tonight. I want to draw nearer to him in this year than I was last year. I want, I want our church to be closer to God in, this, in, in the face of the rapture. With what's going on in Israel, it ought to be easy to seek God. With the signs that we see, there's war everywhere. We, we, we upped our game this past week. Over the last few days, we're bombing people. Oh, Joe woke up, launched a few bombs. I thought, we're getting closer, Lord. We're getting closer. That's the world getting closer to judgment. And the church ought to be getting closer to God. That's where this message came from. The Lord says this world draws nigh under judgment. You're drawing nigh to redemption. He said, but you can't just expect to, you're either, you're either gravitating this way or you're being drawn this way. You have to cultivate your own hunger. You have to make up your mind. I'm getting closer to God. Because the nearness of his return is closer than it's ever been. Right. Amen. I'm cursed to come. If you're able, stand with me tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your word, for your promise, and for the hope that your promise instills in us. That I can arise and that you will put a new robe on me. You will kill the fatted calf. You'll move heaven and earth. You'll open up the windows of heaven. You'll pour out your spirit upon us, even in these last days, and we'll be full. We'll gorge ourselves in the things of God, full of the Holy Ghost and running over. Help it, or help me, Lord, not to waste it, but God to tell somebody what you've done for me. To tell somebody what you're doing. Lord, Callie's here tonight. You healed her daddy. And I told Aslan in that revival, I know a man that was in the same shape you're in. And they didn't give him real good odds or real good chances, but he trusted and he believed God and he's healed. He's doing well today. He's healed. I got to tell that to people that need hope, to people that need the Lord. You need to tell that addict. You need to tell that backslider. You need to tell that drunkard. You need to tell that unsaved loved one. We're close to the coming of the Lord, and I'm on my way to a city whose builder and maker is the Lord. If you want to go with me, here's how. I'll give you directions. You need to point them to Jesus because he's the way, the truth, and the life. How many of you meet me in this altar tonight and you'll make your prayer, Lord, I want to be closer. I want to draw nearer to you than I was yesterday. Hallelujah. I want to be as close to you, Lord, as you'll allow me to be. Hallelujah.